Hi everyone, welcome to Morning Matcha. Today I'm here with Carly Stein, the founder and CEO of Beekeepers Naturals. Hi. Hey. <laughs> Thanks for coming and hanging out with us today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to learn more about Beekeepers Naturals and also just get educated on what's going on with our bee population. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, tell me where you're from and I want to hear a little bit background of how you got started, but before, who's Carly and what does she do before beekeepers? Yeah, so as I tell you the full story, you'll see that this is like, this company comes from such an organic place. It was, it's really a company that wasn't meant to be a company. I didn't go into this having some very clear idea of what I wanted to do. Not a lot of kids grow up saying they want to be a beekeeper, um, but we'll get to all that. So oh I'm gosh. from, I grew up in Toronto, I'm from Canada. Mm-hmm. And when I was in college, I, I was studying, I did a lot of sciences, but I didn't want to be a medical professional. So I thought I'd go into research. I really loved research. Um, and then, you know, I did a lot of like one of my internships was at the Clinton Foundation. And one of the things I did there was I led their prescription drug abuse initiative. So I've always been really passionate about sort of the dark side of pharmaceuticals and teaching people about that and over prescription and that sort of things. I think it's something that's really important and we see a lot of it. Are you talking Clinton like president? Okay. But how did that, how did you come to the U S or was that? In I, no, that was in New York. Oh, I okay. wrote, so they take international um, applicants and I wrote a bunch of essays and applied. And, and you were just really interested in being part of their initiatives. That's yeah, cool. They had some really cool initiatives okay. there. So that was where I wanted to do my internship. Um, so yeah, so working out there was really cool because one, I was doing pharmaceutical research and two, I was really exposing myself to the problems mm-hmm. and especially, you know, growing up in Canada and having issues with sort of mainstream pharmaceuticals there and then seeing the issue in the U.S. I was like, oh my God, this mm-hmm. is really something serious that I'm really passionate about. And part of why I'm so passionate about it is because I have an autoimmune condition, so mm-hmm. I can't take antibiotics. So for me growing up, even something like a common cold was really dangerous because it could develop into something more serious. Have you always had your autoimmune dish, uh, yeah autoimmune um, situation? Yeah. So okay. I, I basically, I can't take any antibiotics. I react no. to them. So something like strep throat or tonsillitis is really bad. Like I would be out of school for like three weeks oh as a kid. Oh my gosh. Pretty brutal. What is it? Can you share? Yeah. So I have psoriatic arthritis. So my oh, joints okay. basically swell up and... Oh. It's totally, it's been in remission for a really long time now, mm-hmm. but um, antibiotics trigger it. Mm-hmm. And then I also have a really weak immune system. Okay. So, well, not anymore, but I used yeah. to. <laughs> so I was just, I was just always sick and then I couldn't take antibiotics. So I sort of turned to the natural world mm-hmm. looking for something to, cur- to cure me there. And I became really interested and I found all of these cool superfoods. And I also ended up finding a lot of things that kind of promised the world and didn't deliver on results. So I was spending a lot of time and money I didn't have on superfoods that I was hoping would sort of be a miracle and yeah. cure me. And I became really disillusioned with the natural product industry because so much out there is marketing and, you know, it doesn't always work the way you want it to. Mm-hmm. And I really needed something that worked. It wasn't the sort of thing where I was like low energy. It was like, I'm sick and I need to get better and yeah. I need something that's going to kill the, the virus. So I, I sort of grew up with those things around me and that sort of shaped a lot of who I am and then uh, when I was in college I did a semester abroad I was studying in Sweden but I was in Italy at the time that I got sick 
And I had really bad tonsillitis to the oh. point where I could hardly breathe and I was going to have to come home. Wow. So I was like, no, this is not happening again. I have missed out on everything because I'm always sick and I just don't want to cut this exchange short. I busted my ass waitressing to be out there and I didn't want to leave. Mm -hmm. So I went into a pharmacy in Italy and the pharmacist took one look at me and my face was like crazy swollen and she gave me propolis. And I was like, what is this? Yeah. Um, and she was like, it's from the bees. And I was like, oh, okay, honey. And she's like, no, propolis. So I didn't know the bees did anything beyond honey at that time, but I was really sick and I was desperate and willing to try anything. So I try this propolis stuff and it's in like a no-name tincture. Um, Those are it, the best. I know. <laughs> but in about five days, I made a full recovery, which had never happened to me before. How much propolis did you eat or take it? A lot. I oh was taking gosh. a lot of propolis. I went through a tincture pretty much wow. in five days. I was like dropping it into water and just drinking it. And it cured you. It fully cured me. And it was just really, for me, that was a profound experience because I had never experienced taking something and actually experiencing mm -hmm. recovery. Um, and you know, for so, even things like UTI, like when people get these different viral issues, they take antibiotics and it, it gets them better pretty quickly, but that's just not something that's accessible to me. Mm -hmm. So when I tried propolis and it actually worked, it was just such a game changer and I didn't have an adverse reaction and even stuff in the natural channel, sometimes I'd react to it. So that was super cool. And that was sort of my introduction to bee products in and high school. That was in college. Oh, in college. Yeah, yeah that's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> in so, college, on your exchange program yeah, in Italy. Exactly. Wow. So that was my first time doing that. I continued my semester abroad. I traveled everywhere. And you know how Europe's really progressive with natural mm -hmm. products compared to North America? Yeah, So definitely. it was really interesting because I had this propolis experience. I started to just notice things. So in Copenhagen, I was getting like bee pollen on my smoothies. And in France, I noticed that there was royal jelly and all of these ingestible beauty products for anti-aging and... I just started learning about the different components of the beehive and how they can play into your health. And I started using all these products and I was feeling better than ever. Um, I didn't get sick for the rest of my time abroad and I was not leading the healthiest lifestyle. So it was pretty <laughs> remarkable. Propolis really changed my immune system. Wow. Okay. So will you take a minute to share with us what the difference is between propolis and royal jelly and even pollen for yes. people that, and where um, you take it from? For sure. So I'll talk about it as well. I'll say like mm -hmm. what they, how mm -hmm. they function in the hive and then how we yeah. use them too, because that might make it a little easier because mm -hmm. it's a whole world of bee products. So yeah. I'll start with, I'll start with honey. Everyone knows that. So honey, it's the main carb source for the bees and it's collected from floral nectars. So they basically have this long tube-like tongue. They go from flower to flower and they suck up the honey and they store it in their honey stomach, which is basically a nectar backpack. And then in the hive, it ferments. Um, they evaporate all the water out with their wings, and oh it turns gosh. to honey. And it's literally their carbs. It's their main energy source. So when they're buzzing, that's them evaporating the water out? Well, well like the buzzing sound, near their hive. The sound of, they're doing it inside the hive. So they'll put the nectar into okay. the comb, and then they'll fan it. Oh um, yeah, they just buzz, though. Um, but yeah, so it's the, it's the energy source for the bees. And then for humans, it's really high in antioxidants. It does have antiviral components as well. Um, topically it's a humectant, so it's really great for restoring moisture to the skin. And this is something people don't know about honey and it's kind of my favorite thing. It's really great for helping you sleep. So when mm -hmm. you have honey, it allows tryptophan. It causes a slow, steady spike in insulin, not the same sort of spike that you get from sugar, which mm -hmm. just sort of rockets you from cane sugar. Um, honey has a lower glycemic index, but it still causes a bit of a spike. So it causes sort of a slow, steady spike in insulin, which allows the tryptophan to cross the blood brain barrier 
where it's converted into serotonin and then melatonin in the dark. So honey's actually really great to take before bed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like just in some tea. Yeah, in some tea. Cap, so I good. actually do like a teaspoon. I use our CBD honey, so I'll mm-hmm. do a teaspoon of that with like a pinch of Himalayan salt. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great thing before bed. And the salt as well helps with absorption. And then the other reason honey's really good before bed is because, and this typically happens with women, sometimes they'll wake up in the middle of the night because the glycogen stores in their liver are depleted. Mm-hmm. So their brain sort of signals a crisis search for fuel and it will wake them up. So having honey, because it's a slow release, it's much slower release, it basically helps to stop glycogen stores and helps your liver repair overnight. So Wow. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Someone actually was just talking about how they're keto and how they wake up in the middle of the night and that's their liver detoxing. And then now that you're saying it's actually their liver possibly just saying, I need, I need fuel. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's actually, there's, um, we were just at the Bulletproof conference and someone was telling me how Dave Asprey or the Bulletproof thing, they did a whole post about taking honey before bed. Cause it is hard if you're keto because of course honey is still a sugar, yeah. but yeah, you don't want to disrupt your sleep cycle. No. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. the whole body needs that to reset. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's a little hack with honey. It can mm-hmm. help you sleep. Um, it's also really high in enzymes. It's the only food on the planet that never goes bad, which is a testament to its enzyme quality. Um, and it's just like the healthiest sweetener. It's full of antioxidants. And it's and, so delicious. Yeah, it's so good. So, okay, next. So that's honey. It's yeah. the first one that's easy. Then propolis, which is my favorite because propolis really changed my life. Um, so propolis you can think of as the medicine of the hive. So while honey's collected from floral nectars, propolis is collected from plant and tree resins. So think of things like sap or like pine pollen, mm-hmm. um, the sort of resins from the trees. So a little bit more adaptogenic of a base ingredient. And then they mix it with their enzymes and they use it to line the entire hive and keep it germ-free. The inside of the oh, hive. Oh yeah, like the, all the walls are lined with propolis. And then for um, newborn baby bees, they'll line the cell wall to create a sterile environment for newborns. Aww. Yeah. And How are is, they born? They put, um, they put like little larvae into cells and then they... Wow. Evolve. Yeah, so the propolis creates like the sterile lining. Uh, and then my favorite thing about propolis is it's just like a fun propolis fact uh, let's say an intruder gets into the hive like a mouse. The bees can kill it and sting it, but they can't physically pick up a dead mouse and carry it out of the hive. And just like us, if there's a dead thing in your living room, it's going to cause a lot of disease. And so what the bees will do is they'll mummify the dead mouse in propolis, and it's that powerful of an antibacterial, antimicrobial substance that it protects the entire hive from a decaying rodent in their living room. So it's super um, antibacterial, antimicrobial, uh, anti-inflammatory and it functions that's I mean just the (laughs) thought of that like can we take a second to think about that because you don't think about a mouse getting into a hive right I mean I don't or unless something knocked it down and then the hive has to I don't know move out or whatever happens to the bees which you have to educate me on but um I don't I've never thought about a hive continuing on with its life and just yeah going on with its life with a dead mouse inside but it's not causing anyone any harm yeah it's fully encased in does that happen often do you think yeah because there's there's like honey and pollen lots of stuff for other predators to eat in the hive yeah so i mean i've been i've been beekeeping and seen it yeah so so your own bees yeah i one time thought it was just a cluster of propolis and i was really excited and i picked it up (laughs) Um, and then my mentor at the time was like, 
you don't. You're not going to like what that is because I'm wow. very scared of rodents. Yeah. The thing, too, this is, like, painful for me to even think about, but sometimes when I'm beekeeping, I'll, like, scrape a little bit of propolis off and just chew on it because it mixes with the beeswax, and it's almost, like, gum. Yeah. Um... And so I don't know what I would have done with what I thought was a chunk of propolis. No, you were like, mm, let me just put it in my mouth. And then it's a so dead gross. mummified mouth. I had At that time, I had like my whole suit on too. So it was like kind of far away and I had the mask. So it wasn't. Wow. But yeah. <laughs> Good thing you had your mentor there. Okay. Yeah. So that's amazing about propolis. Yeah. It's really cool too. It's kind of like the OG antibiotic. Like this isn't, I definitely did not create this. This is not a new thing. Um, Humans have been using propolis since 300 BC. Yeah, so propolis, it's really, it's not new. I didn't, like, create this um, by any means. It, and we've been using propolis, humans have been using propolis to heal since 300 BC. So that's the first recorded human use of propolis. Hippocrates used it. Aristotle is thought to have coined the term propolis, which means defender of the city. Cleopatra used it. It was used in the mummification process. And in the 17th century... It was actually listed in the London Pharmacopedia as an official drug. So we have this really rich healing history with propolis. Yeah. And I think just as we've kind of moved away from natural and moved towards pharmaceuticals, we've lost sight of that. And now mm -hmm. we're sort of moving back. And the other thing, too, is although we have this really rich healing history with propolis, it never really made its way to North America. Honeybees aren't native to North America. So when they were brought over here, sort of some of the nuances of beekeeping were sort of lost. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you were going to also tell us about pollen or what a royal yeah, jelly. Yeah, pollen and royal jelly. So propolis, just to kind of sum it up, it's it's an immune booster, and you can use it every day. I use it every single day, and then if I'm sick or run down or traveling or just, like, anything that compromises my immune system, I'll just double dose. It's a really safe substance. It's also anti-inflammatory and prebiotic, so it's really good for things like colitis, um, leaky gut, any digestive issues. And it tastes sweet, but our propolis spray is actually keto. And it's really great for candidex. It contains a compound called pinosembrin, which acts as a fungicide in the body. So propolis wow. does a lot. It's kind mm -hmm. of like your all-in-one protector. Mm -hmm. and, and you guys have sprays. You do it in a spray just yeah. because, one, I like when you, it's like more bioavailable when mm -hmm. you have sort of liquid in your mouth. But two, it's really soothing and anti-inflammatory. So if somebody does have a sore throat, which is what I have dealt with a lot, they can use the spray and mm -hmm. it will sort of soothe the area on contact. And then you see a lot of people using it topically as well. Things like viral things like herpes, cold sore sort of stuff. Mm. But also if you cut or scrape yourself or you get a bug bite, you can use propolis. Topically. Topically, amazing. yeah. If you ever burn yourself, honestly use propolis. It's oh, cool. amazing. I've done toothpaste or salt, but I haven't used Trust propolis. Me, so. like you're you're going like, to go tell me after you use it. You're yeah. going to be like, holy shit. Oh, my gosh. Um, it works really well because it's just super anti-inflammatory. Yeah. So, yeah, wow. so propolis is kind of my favorite thing. I love it. Okay. <laughs> and then royal jelly is really interesting, too. So royal jelly, it's been used across cultures for so many different things. Um, a lot of people use it for anti-aging. It's really high in antioxidants. It's got fatty acids. Um, and then it's also really great for fertility in, in TCM, traditional Chinese medicine. Mm -hmm. People use royal jelly to balance hormones. Mm -hmm. Like we have a few practitioners. The first thing they do when they take people off birth control is they put them on bee powered, oh. which is our superfood honey. It's just got all the different hive superfoods in it. Mm -hmm. um, good for balancing hormones. But then in the Western world, the main focus on royal jelly has been on the brain. So royal oh, jelly. Wow. Yeah. So really amazing for focus, memory, concentration, um, great for concussion healing, that sort of thing. A study actually came out from University of Warsaw 
and it found that regular consumption of royal jelly improves your spatial reasoning. So really Incredible. great. You see, like, we have, like, a lot of athletes who use it. And the reason royal jelly, offer, like, works on the brain, just to get into the science of it for a second, um, royal jelly is really high in acetylcholine, which is a neurotransmitter responsible for brain-body connection. So it literally helps to speed up your transmission system. And then it also contains a fatty acid called 10-HDA, and this fatty acid is only naturally occurring in royal jelly, and it acts as a catalyst for neurogenesis. So it literally helps your brain to create fresh, new, healthy uh, brain cells. Wow. And because it's a fatty acid, is that why it's like brain food? Well, the specific fatty acids, there's two. It's 10-HDA and mm-hmm. AMPN1 oxide. Mm-hmm. Those two really contribute to neurological health. Like They, they basically promote um, BDNF, or brain-derived nootropic factor. So you can think of it as like getting very specific neurological functions going. And that's why you're able to build such an incredible company because you're just like <laughs> high off the best superfoods I ever. just found some really good stuff pretty much. <laughs> you're like, oh my gosh, I can literally learn any language in five seconds if I wanted. I can do anything I ever want. Um, okay, so Royal Jelly, where is it in the hive though? So Royal Jelly, I'm happy you asked that because people ask that all the time and I forgot to mention that one. So Royal Jelly is the food for the queen bee. So all newborn bees for the first three days of development are given royal jelly. And then it's like our colostrum. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So cool. And then after three days, the little bees are transitioned off of royal jelly onto pollen and honey. And only the bee who's meant to become the queen continues with royal jelly and exclusively eats that. And the queen bee lives three to five years versus a regular worker bee during foraging season lives six six to eight weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. So her lifespan is way more, way longer. Um, And then the queen bee, regular worker bees don't have reproductive organs, whereas the queen bee will lay, you know, 1,500 babies a day. So fertility is on point. Yeah. That's like, yeah. And she's much more robust too. I'll show you a picture after of what the queen bee looks like. It's really interesting because in nature, royal jelly causes some major body changes to the queen. So like how so? I mean, just lifespan physically, she's much more robust and then fertility. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Wow. Okay. I can't wait to <laughs> look into all the beehive stuff, yeah. everything. I can't believe, I mean, I feel bad for the worker bees that they can't reproduce. I know, I know. <laughs> but I guess but it's okay. the they only live six the... weeks, so. During I mean, foraging season, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. What about after? I mean, in the winter, they'll hibernate. But if it's not a place where there's winter, they'll work all oh, around. Oh, okay. Okay, so you schooled us on that. I mean, yeah. I, we should oh, go into pollen, pollen really quick. Really, yeah. yeah. So pollen, it's the protein source of the hive. Um, that's literally how it's used and the bees will collect pollen from flower to flower mix it with their enzymes and bring it back and pollen actually has more protein per weight than any other source so more and it's per weight and pollen small but more per weight than eggs cheese meat Um, so really really great for protein and then Mm -hmm. it's also really high in broad spectrum vitamins so I like to think of pollen as a natural super absorbable multivitamin okay amazing so and bees worker bees live off just pollen um they'll eat pollen and honey and honey mm-hmm. okay cool. you're in italy propolis mm-hmm. cured you after five days and you feel incredible and then you go on to travel and go to copenhagen have pollen mm-hmm. on things and just start kind of educating Trying yourself all these bee products yeah. and so yeah i really just kind of became obsessed and i was feeling better than ever using bee products for everything and just learning all about it and you told your parents i'm sure yeah my parents were like, okay, enough. <laughs> um, but I was really, really excited about it. And then I came back home to finish up school. I had one year left or yeah, one year left. 
and um, midterms rolled around and I ran out of all the B products that I brought home from Europe and I got really bad strep throat and mm -hmm. so I needed to get propolis and I went to a bunch of different health food stores nobody really knew what I was talking about and then finally I found propolis at a farmer's market and I bought this like beautiful organic artisanal propolis it was like 40 bucks for like that much um and I used it and I had a really severe allergic reaction wow and I found out that it was because there was pesticides in the product even though it was organic and that's a huge issue with bee products today because bees are not like cattle where you can fence them in they'll fly so just because they're home is on certified organic land they'll forage for a five mile radius so oh. if they fly next door and to you know the dirty flowers and gmo crops they'll bring that stuff back so for people for people who have allergies or are, are autoimmune or people who are just trying to get healthy i don't think they should be exposing themselves to pesticides and the truth is bee products are so nourishing that and so much of what we eat has trace amounts of pesticides for most people, it probably won't do much, but I just really think if you can get a fully clean product, you should. Uh, and then also from a sustainability standpoint, we want to get the bees away from pesticides. So if there's impetus to create products that are pesticide-free, then we're going to be supporting our bee population, but I'll get to all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I took, I finally find propolis, I take it, and I basically break out in hives all over my body. Looks like adult ch chicken pox. It was not fun. Um, and then I... Did you know that's what it was? No. So I had the benefit of being a student at the time. Um, and I was a TA for my chem class. And so I ended up basically testing the propolis. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I found um, different chemicals in it. And so I was like, okay, I know that propolis works for me. I cannot find it in the quality that I need. So I guess I just have to start beekeeping. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm... I was in Canada at the time, so they're actually, and I went to school in British Columbia, so I actually could, like, work with bees in the middle of nowhere, so I basically... Were you not terrified? I was more terrified of being sick all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I got online, I found the local beekeeping association, I reached out, I was looking for a mentor, and I found this guy who, he's a third generation <laughs> beekeeper and a retired biochemist from Romania who basically moved to Canada to, like, be a recluse and work with the bees. I love it. Um, and then I started annoying him, so kind of threw <laughs> a, a curveball to him. Um, but, yeah, so I got in touch with him, and I was like, I just want to buy propolis from you. Can I do this? And he was like, yeah, sure, you can buy raw bee products from you, but I'm not going to, like, package them. You're going to be buying, like, Ziploc bags. And I was like, yeah, fine, that's great. So I go over to do my first propolis pickup, and that was the first time I saw an apiary, which is a, it's a bee farm, essentially. And the second I saw that, I was actually not scared at all. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Wow. What's and it like? How big is it? I mean, he only had 10, 20 hives, um, but he was also in a beautiful space. He was, mm -hmm. like, in the middle of the forest. He had, like, a log cabin. It was very picturesque. But um, I was really just interested in what the bees were doing and I've always been really into nature and yeah and you have the science background too so you like both probably yeah, yeah yeah I really like all that stuff but I was just really captivated by the hive and eager to learn more about these products and he also had a science background and he was just the exact type of person I could learn from so I basically was like hey I will work for you for free whatever you need I just really want to learn about this and I became his apprentice and on Saturday and Sunday I would go work with the hives and he would teach me a bunch of stuff. And then 
I would use my university database and use the lab and start testing stuff out and, you know, reading the research that was out there. Um, this is in 2012. So it's before beekeeping was like kind of cool and hipster. Mm-hmm. My friends thought I was crazy. Yeah. Um, but I just really fell in love with the stuff and I was changing my health. And that was the time when I really started making products and perfecting products. And again, not thinking about a company at all, just trying to make the best possible products for me. And I started sharing them with people, giving them to friends, roommates. And the next thing you know, I had random people on campus Facebook messaging me to buy these products. Wow. Slinging propolis and other products on campus. I love it. Pretty much. I was a drug dealer. (laughs) Um, But people were, you know, buying these products and it was working for them. So I was like, okay, this is like a meaningful population. It's not just me. Yeah. This is a real thing. I think this stuff works. And that was sort of my first thought of starting a company but then I was like no 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 I didn't study business Mm -hmm. I have no idea how to start a company I don't know how to do this and I'm broke as fuck Mm -hmm. so I I got a job offer out of college at a hedge fund they hire a lot of hedge funds will hire researchers out of the Clinton Foundation really Mm -hmm. and so I got a job um, as a researcher at a hedge fund and I took that job what did you um, do there pharmaceutical research oh, okay. and then I actually moved into a bit more of sort of client-facing role as I was there mm-hmm. um and I was only there for 10 months and then I got recruited by Goldman Sachs and I joined them as a trader and so I found wow. myself yeah so very different from what yeah. I sort of wanted um so I was working on the trading floor at Goldman Sachs and it was a great learning experience but it what was were you just trading? mostly equities but I did a little bit of options and derivatives mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it was just not what I wanted. And I was sort of just taking the next steps that looked good on paper. And mm-hmm. I had this, it was in a really interesting time in my life because I was, I was receiving more external positive validation than ever. Because, you know, when you're in New York and you work at Goldman, people are just like, oh, you're smart. Mm-hmm. But I was doing something that I didn't feel fulfilled by. And I was surrounded by people who are driven by things that I'm not driven by. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I just, and I was also working insane hours. Yeah. Um, and not with the bees. Not with the bees. So where were your products? I, they were not, I mean, I was like shipping. I was, Andreas, one of my mentors was shipping me raw products and I bought like oh Amazon gosh. lab equipment and was making stuff in my apartment <laughs> for myself. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I was in this really interesting place. So I, I became really depressed. Just, I think when you're living out of line with what's authentic to mm-hmm. you, that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also felt really caught in this job. You know, I was making really good money. I was on a really good career trajectory. I had this life that made sense to everyone around me. I was quote unquote successful, but I was really unhappy. I wasn't sleeping. Um, I was working constantly and yeah, I, I just became really depressed and it got to a point where I was like, this is not sustainable. And so I sat down and I, I made a spreadsheet about it because that's what I know how to do. So George Bush, when he was president and not fulfilling his art career. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Um, But yeah, so I made a spreadsheet about happiness and I was trying to identify the points in time that I was the happiest and I kept coming back to the bees and building bee products. And I was, again, didn't have the confidence to start a company, but I was like, you know what? This can be my cool, weird hobby. I have all the equipment. I can just make, I can just source products. I know Mm -hmm. how to, I have the right connections um, for that. And I can just make products and I'll make them for like friends and family for their birthdays. Like, you know, you have that aunt yeah. or somebody who will, who's like an amazing baker. Mm-hmm. 
or like that someone was you, who makes but candles. With these, yeah. yeah, I was with like, I'll be that. Dolls. And then really quickly, I started. I was like, I would like rush home from work, excited to make bee products and start Aww. researching things. And I started making a lot, and then I started standing at farmers markets on weekends. So, in New York. In New York and Toronto. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would do like any sort of pop up wow. things I could. Uh, in Toronto, it was an easy flight, and I was dating someone in Toronto at that time too, so I was flying back all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started. So yeah, so I was flying around, basically just like going through the motions at my day job, um, but really obsessed with these beat products and my day job carried over into the night most times it was mm-hmm. really long so I don't even know like how I slept at that time yeah because starting your business and having maybe a nine-to-five okay some a lot of people do that but yours this was is not just non-stop <laughs> yeah. yeah it was kind of crazy uh, and I wasn't calling it a business at that time it was it was my hobby mm-hmm. um and people thought it was nuts like who what Goldman Sachs trader stands at farmers markets on the weekends mm-hmm. so I was always like very scared of somebody I work with or someone's seeing me at the market um so I was always just like really nervous and yeah but anyway so I started doing that and then it was an amazing experience because I got direct customer feedback I was literally standing at booths and talking to people and teaching them about it and sharing it with them and they'd come back the next week or whenever I did another pop-up and tell me how things are going and all of a sudden I was getting these really incredible stories. I remember one woman was telling me about her six-year-old son who had some sort of chronic illness and uh, nothing worked for him and Propolis did. And so that was really cool. And then people were like, hey, my sister-in-law who has eczema is in Chicago. Can you send stuff there? Can you do this? And I was like, okay, well, I guess I have to set up a website. Yeah, I was going to say, do you have any sort of website or social media at this point? No, nothing. Wow. So I just reflexively set that up Mm -hmm. and it started growing. And then I was doing a lot. I was spending a lot of time in Toronto also because I could go a little harder with selling there. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you have help at all? Did anyone help you? No. Okay, can I take a second to just acknowledge how remarkable you are? Because you have a (laughs) full-time career. You're doing this as your hobby. Yes, it brings you joy. And yes, it's like what sustains you to like keep doing all the things that you're doing. But you also, I mean, on the weekends, on your time off, you're spending your time at farmer's markets in places that have severe weather conditions. I mean, New York (laughs) and Toronto. And then howling in probably all your stuff. Setting up a yeah. farmer's market booth is, I mean, just yeah, all it was of it. Is, it was a lot. I would, I would like recruit friends sometimes and but boyfriends still. and stuff like that. But it was definitely a lot. But I was so excited about the bee products. And what kept happening, I kept being like, okay, I'm going to scale back now. Like, it's really fun, but this is a lot to juggle. And yeah. then I would get this incredible customer story. And it would, like, throw me right back in it a lot wow. harder. Um, so I started selling in Canada and it got to a point where and I I connected with a distribution company and they wanted to take us on so I was like okay I need to find That's co-packers cool. yeah. and do all this now mm-hmm. so I set all of that up and when is this what year is this this is this is like end of 2016 mm-hmm. sort of um yeah this is like and you're still at Goldman Sachs yeah this is close to when I this is like right as I'm leaving Goldman um, so we got taken on by a distribution company and then all of a sudden we were in 600 retail locations across Canada and Whole Foods and all of that. And it got to a point, oh, and, um, 
who's this distribution company? Like they're just, they're called EcoTrend. And then I, at that point too, my best friend who was an M&A lawyer, he started doing a lot of help on the legal side because, oh, because nice. everything we've done is NPN certified. There's a lot of legality that goes into NPN is what? Natural product number. Okay. So this is another really interesting thing. In the U.S., it's FDA, and then it's, like, mm-hmm. Wild West. There's yeah. There's no regulatory structure for natural, which... Outside of or just inside of, even? In the in the U.S. Okay. Yeah, it's other countries, so other... So it's really bad because then you get these products that are, like, beautifully designed and have really great marketing and brands, but they don't actually do anything for mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. which is a problem. So in Europe and Canada and other parts of the world, there's a regulatory structure. So oh. because I found a co-packer in Canada and I was producing my products in Canada and sourcing from Canadian apiaries because there's also better pesticide regulation there, I wanted to do it all there. And I really, because I had had the experience of like buying expensive things that just didn't work, I really wanted to make products that would be functional for the broadest population possible. Mm-hmm. So I begged my best friend, Daniel, to help me for free with legal stuff because I could not afford a lawyer. I was basically funneling my salary. Like getting a co-packer, you have to have I minimum know, orders. Yeah. So I literally put, I would put all my savings into this company. Um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I was living buying like a different student. kinds of bottles or, oh, yeah. I mean, every little thing, labels, bottles, you have to do. It was a lot. Yeah. It was so Shipping. it was it was so much that I was living like a broke student mm-hmm. when I was not. Yeah. yeah, you didn't need to be whatsoever. I, I made myself though because I mm-hmm. literally put all my money into the company. Um, so Daniel started helping me with the legal, and Daniel actually now he's our COO and he's amazing, and I could not do anything without him. But he had a really interesting experience because he was I've always been into natural. But he was very, like, drinking Diet Coke and eating Mm -hmm. cheeseburgers and thinking that I'm a dumb millennial, spending Mm -hmm. money I don't have at Whole Foods. So he really came at this with a critical eye. And he was like, whatever, I'll help you because you're my best friend. And then as he's going through getting our NPNs, he has to go over all the research. Mm -hmm. And he was like, he wouldn't even try the product at first. (laughs) Um, So after he sees the research, he's like, okay, this is legit. And he's also articling at a major law firm at the time. So he's always sick. Mm-hmm. And he would go to CVS and just like go like that to the cold and flu aisle and spend 50 bucks on everything that masks the symptoms and does nothing for your health. Yeah. And he tried propolis one of the times he got sick and he came back to me the next day and he's like, hey, this took away my sore throat. And I was like, yeah. He's like, I think it works. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> You're like, thanks for finally trying it, but thanks for believing in me and working on it either yeah, way. Yeah. And then he came to me and he's like, hey, I really believe in this now and I want to be a part of the company. And at that point, like this, I mean, it is my baby, but I was like, sort of still sort of unsure of what was happening. And I was like, look, I get that you've got the MBA and the law degree and all of that. But we're a sustainability-driven company, and I need everyone in senior management at this early stage to be a beekeeper, and you don't have any beekeeping experience, so I'm sorry. And he (laughs) went out and did an an apprenticeship course in beekeeping and came back to me three months later, and he's like, hey, I can keep bees now. Oh, my gosh. Um, Yeah, and he's... And so I was like, okay, that's dedication, and I love you, and you're amazing. And he joined the team, and he was our first um, addition so it was just him and I at that time, and he is such an asset. He's incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. He sounds just so best. dedicated. And he's the best, yeah. Th- he's like my brother. We're super, Aww. super tight. Um, but yeah, so that sort of... And that was... So that's like 2017 now? That's, that's so we're still end of 2016. Mm-hmm. So what what happened at that point? The company got to a point where it really did need someone to run it full-time, and 
I was like, it's got to be me. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't what I really want to do. Um, and so then I had another wave of challenge because I started sort of floating this idea with friends and people around me and mentors. And they're like, are you fucking insane? <laughs> You're going to walk away from this great yeah. job to start a bee product company. And if you think about it too, it's not like I said clean beauty or raw chocolate or like a word that made sense to people. When you say bee products, yeah, people are insane. confused. Mm-hmm. And then and then they're like, oh, like honey? And I'm like, no, not honey. And they're like, so what are you doing? Yeah. Um, I'm like, you know, propolis, royal jelly, pollen. And they're like, what are those words? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really hard because I was really scared and I had really put all my savings into it. Mm-hmm. Um and I was leaving something that looked like a stable path and everyone I trusted, well, not everyone, but most people I trusted told me that I would fail, that it's a very bad idea, that I should stick to what I'm doing uh, and that it would be a major mistake. And um, it takes a lot of confidence to trust your gut and to, intuition to yeah. like that. So I sort of went back and forth for a while. I was having really severe panic attacks actually and it got pretty bad. And then I was just like, I need to do this. Mm-hmm. This is what I have to do. If I completely fail, I'm young. I can recover. I can, you know. I got such a good way of looking at it. Yeah. And I, I was like, you know what? If I don't do this, I know that I will always regret it. And mm-hmm. I don't love my day to day. And this is something that drives me. I'm I'm passionate about this. Mm-hmm. And you have all those customers that, I mean, they each have such an amazing story that you were saying that kept yeah. you going. And you know that it helps people. And it's just all about trying to educate. 100%. And yeah. I mean, education is, you know, not easy, of yeah, course. Yeah, definitely but, challenging. Yeah. But I knew I had something that worked. I knew it was helping people. I had experienced a life change from it, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, you know what, I have to do this. And then I took the last bit of money I had and booked a plane ticket to Indonesia because I had to get away from everyone. Everyone thought I was insane. Everyone oh was gosh. telling me it was a mistake. Why Indonesia? I just... Well, I wanted to go to Europe, but living <laughs> living there it was too expensive. Indonesia, you can find really cheap. Amazing. Um, and I found, like I said, it. I did a lot of research. I found a good co workspace to work out of. I was living in like a closet, basically, but it was fine because I was never in my closet. I was like, you know, working on this in a beautiful setting. But and hold on, so you moved there to start Beekeeper yeah, Natural because I had to get away from everyone who was telling yeah. me that I was insane and throwing away my life. What about Dan? Or Daniel? He's, he yeah. was still working at the law firm. Okay. So he was you doing just, stuff with me on the side, and mm-hmm. I would talk to him every day, but um, he wasn't about to leave yeah. the law firm yet. Yeah. Um, so I, I spent three months in Southeast Asia, and I basically put together a product roadmap. I made some other products, um, brought some new SKUs to market, and put together a fundraising plan. And then I came back. Uh, I was back in New York. And thank God for my best friend because I couldn't afford to pay rent. Mm-hmm. So I slept on his couch for six months. Wow. In like a small New York apartment. Um, and I put, and yeah, we, we opened around and we raised money. And that was a year ago, maybe a little more. And okay, so let's tr- um, go back to that though. Because just saying like we raised money, I mean, it's, there's so much that goes into yeah. it. And obviously you did all your homework when you were in Indonesia and you came back and you were ready for it. But who do you contact? Who helped you do the raise? Um, so I did an that. angel round. So I had a lot of high net worth individuals because I was working in finance before I was connected to some of the right people. 
Um, and how do you hit them up and say, Hey, I just literally, I, you hit them up saying, Hey, I started a company. I'd love to tell you about it if you're interested. Mm -hmm. So you yeah. say, I started it already. Not like I have this yeah. idea. Yeah. Like, I this had, is what I'm doing. Cause I had started it. Yeah. I think a lot of people raise on concept for mm -hmm. me. Like, I mean, we had proof of concept. We had meaningful sales. We were in a couple hundred accounts. Yeah. Um, you yeah. were doing, you were already in Whole Foods, right? Yeah. We were actually profitable at the time that we raised. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a big deal. That's yeah. really great. Yeah. So there was so, some stuff that made it a bit easier. <laughs> so from Indonesia, you were able to manage all of your, um, distribution accounts yeah. because your distributor basically did all that yeah. or the distributor managed accounts. Um, to work with the distributor, I had to get into 50 accounts direct. So at mm. that, like before we were with the distributor, I would fly to Toronto on weekends with a backpack full of product and I would go into like every single store and just beg them to take it on. And mm -hmm. I actually got us into Whole Foods because I LinkedIn stocked the Whole Foods oh buyers. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And back when like, I yeah, mean, they were in the store. Yeah. Um, and I, I sent them, I would literally harass them, but send them product. And then I sent them, I sent one of them this basket of like all the foods that are bee pollinated. Mm -hmm. um, and he's the one who got us in. He really liked that. And he was like, he appreciated how sustainability driven we are and how we work with bees in a different way. Um, but yeah, so I had a lot Amazing. of sort of, you know, turnkey pieces. I had the right um, co-packers. Yeah. I had, yeah. And I mean, I didn't, I don't think, I didn't have the right connections in, in a sense because I didn't like know people who invested in CPG. I just knew a few of the right people and you know, you go to one right person and you really explain to them what you're doing and you go to them. Like I went to my first one right person with a deck, with a financial plan, um, with a really, you know, I, I, anything that he asked me, cause he was super skeptical. Anything that he asked me, I, I was like prepared to answer. Um, do you think he invested in you or the company in me? He had no idea what yeah. the company was. Um, and then I had a few people who got involved in the round who had worked with me previously when I was in finance and they had no fucking clue what I was doing, but they knew that I'm an OCD workaholic. And yeah. So they're like, she'll probably do something. Yeah. So she we'll probably will, will like not completely mess it up because she's too insane. <laughs> or she'll just like be so annoying that I'm going to have to give her this money yeah. anyways. Because she's not going to stop. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was probably it too. Um, but yeah. And so that started happening. And once I spoke to one person, and I think too, for a company that was that early stage, I came at people with just really ready, like yeah, a really good deck, a really, mm -hmm. yeah. And so that sort of created a flow. And once one person puts money in, they're like, Ooh, I want all my friends now to invest to validate what I just did. Mm -hmm. So they tell their friends about it. Yeah. What about, how did you um, know how to value your company? Just from Literally, being, I, I mean, being, working at Goldman definitely helped, but I was working with public markets. So totally different than startup. Like yeah. the type of financials I was looking at were very, very different. Um, I did a lot of reading online. Like everything's accessible. I mm -hmm. listened to a lot of podcasts. Um, Venture Deals is a really good book for somebody who's totally new to it. Just it's really like going over basics. And uh, Angelist has a good blog. Yeah. So it's, you just, yeah, you figured it out all on your own. Yeah. I mean, anyone can. That makes me sound super smart. I'm not oh <laughs> all of the information's out there. Um, I just did, I did a good job of really sort of curating and finding what I needed and yeah. And you came back, you raised yep. what you needed. Yep. Have you only done one round? I've or? only done one round. Yeah. 
And are you planning on doing more? We'll probably do another round in the next six months. Um, but it's been a really big year for us. We went from one employee to 16 people full-time. This year? Yeah. Do, well, last year, 2018? or? Tw- yeah, no, this year. twenty. Sorry, last year, 2018. Yeah. Wow, one Daniel, to 16. Daniel left the law firm to become our amazing. COO. Um, and we have 16 people now who are amazing. And now you're going off to spread propolis everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I'm so excited. <laughs> I think, I mean, I, I feel like I found out about your, um, your company about a year or two. When did you get into air one? Probably a year ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I saw it like at the tonic bar or something yeah. like right up there and maybe here and there. I mean, just being in the same industry, but yeah. I was so intrigued by it. And then I tried it and I thought it was great. And then you know, I think I just like learned more and more about you and our cro- our paths just hadn't crossed, but mm-hmm. just seeing it evolve and grow. And then actually you guys at our market, um, we did like a little holiday market and then you guys are part of it. And I loved trying the honey and, um, and yeah, just now hearing your story, it's just so beautiful and meeting you and knowing just how passionate you are about it and how it's really helped your personal, like you personally. Yeah tremendously and your autoimmune condition it's just amazing that you're spreading that word because I think about um spreading the word about propolis and everything because I think I went to school and studied business and um there was this one um case um case study on Patron Mm -hmm. and Patron and just tequila in general and how Patron is really the company that educated the masses on like how to drink tequila Mm -hmm. and then all the other companies like came and because they paved the way and educated people on that this is how we drink tequila Uh, but you're the one paving the way really I think so Um, for most people it's like I heard of propolis I knew that it was good for you but I just didn't know where it came from or what it was or how the whole process works and I mean, it's amazing to hear it from you. Thank you so much. That's really what we're trying to do. We're really trying to show people that there actually are other effective options out there. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of different amazing things that come from the beehive. And our whole thing, we're trying to reinvent the medicine cabinet and give people true alternatives, not just like add the screen powder and maybe you'll get sick less, but things that you can use as a swap. You can use in place of whatever junky cold and flu product you're taking. And you can use when you're, you need to boost your memory and you're studying for an exam and you can use to support energy levels or to improve sleep. So that's kind of our bread and butter. And we're really passionate about it. And at this point too, our team is amazing and everybody has really come at this with a genuine passion. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm, that's now like really what drives me. Yeah. The team. So important. I love that. Well, I mean, I'm definitely going to be on a propolis royal jelly kick <laughs> if it gets me anywhere near how smart you are. So I hope everyone takes it. I'm excited it. <laughs> for truth to turn to. Yeah, so you can use the kids propolis because that one's really amazing. As That'll well. be really fun. Thank you so much. It was so ne- wonderful to meet you. Thank you. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this week's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a comment or review and share with your friends. I'm always reading our comments and love hearing from you. So keep in touch and I'll see you next time.